To say that my early years were spent solely in the purpose of pleasure would not be completely true. Most of my actions were for pleasure, but some were simply to torment my father. My name is Skaz Radari, the only child of Drodden Radari, the Duke of Keldaren and King of Skaldurna. My mother, more than keep her safe, was the first wife of my father and only 13 when she wed. After only a single year of blissful marriage, she became pregnant with the child my father longed for, but that his wife would never look upon. At the tender age of 15, she was just too young to survive the birth. They did everything they could, but in the end, her fragile body could not take the strain and her heart gave out. My father loved my mother dearly and, as such, spoiled the only part of her that was left. Their son. Me. I was given anything I asked for. Over the years, it turned from asking for to demanding. I became self-centered and cruel. I took what I wanted, be it for my father or for the people he lorded over. I wore the best clothes and had the finest sword in the city hanging from my handcrafted leather belt. Of course, the sword and the bell that dangled from were not meant for me. They were actually a wedding present from a blacksmith to his daughter's new husband, but that didn't matter. I thought it looked stylish, and that was enough for me to take it. The blacksmith couldn't deny me it, not with my father being the king. The sword was marvelous and deadly. I still bear a scar on my left arm from when I almost cut my hand off. You see, I never actually learned how to use a sword. Why should I? No one would dare challenge the son of Drodden Radari, and I reveled in that fact. That is, until about a month after my twelfth birthday, when I made a purchase from one who did not care who my father was. Dugan Hammerfoot. The morning started as any other. Waking up at whatever time pleased me, ordering around the castle staff because my breakfast was not waiting for me when I stumbled out of bed well past any decent hour, donning my expensive clothes and sword, and heading out to the marketplace to see if any new wares had arrived that might catch my eye. A dwarven blacksmith had set up shop in my father's city a few months before my birthday, and I felt that I had given him enough time to create something of high enough standards to suit my rank. He had, and it was indeed of exceptional quality. A warhammer, simple in design yet flawless in craftsmanship. A weapon most worthy of a noble such as myself. Therefore, a weapon designed for a noble, and such, I assumed, a birthday present for me. Regardless of its original purpose, this is what it became, a present for me. As always, I simply walked over, picked up the hammer, and proceeded to walk away, swinging my toy about with no regard for the safety of the people around me. If they got hit, they shouldn't have been standing there. The next instant, I had the privilege of having the most disgusting thing stuffed into my mouth. Horse manure. I was now lying flat on my stomach with my face in a pile of not-quite-fresh horse droppings. To say the least, I was not pleased. I stood up to see what happened and to throw someone in prison, regardless of if they had anything to do with my fall. Or at least I tried to stand up, but a rather heavy object was on my lower back and prevented me from moving much. The object was raised and I was told to roll over onto my back. Told? No one told me to do anything. I rolled onto my back, not because of command, but to see who it was I was going to throw in prison. As soon as my back hit the ground, the heavy object was once again placed on me, but this time on my stomach, effectively knocking the wind out of me. I wiped the manure from my eyes and was amazed to find the heavy object to be a foot of the dwarven blacksmith. I never knew something so small could be so heavy, and now I knew why he was called Hammerfoot. 
Now, lad, I believe you have something of mine, was all he said. No, sir, no, my lord, or I'm sorry for standing on you. Who do you think I was? I believe you're mistaken, dwarf. This hammer now belongs to me. To my disbelief, the foot got even heavier. Now where would you get an idea like that, human? I don't recall selling it to you, nor anyone else for that matter. My father happens to be the king of these lands. And I happen to be the owner of the hammer, lad, and I'll be wanted a buck. Or I can put my full weight behind my foot. Needless to say, I gave the hammer back. I could have had him executed for treating me in such a way. That would mean telling my father what happened, and I couldn't bear the shame of being beaten so easily. The matter was never known to anyone but me and the dwarf. A few days later, I cautiously approached the dwarf's shop. Without even turning from his smith, I was hailed. Back for a lad. I rubbed my still sore stomach and told him, uh, No, sir. Sir? I call him sir now. Ah, so what you be wanting from an old dwarf like me? I've been told you don't pay for nothing, so you might want to find another shop. Unless his lordship wants another snack. If that be the case, I think there's a fresh pile about two feet of, uh, to your left, my lord. I looked to my left and found a still steaming pile of horse manure. After a quick glance, I turned and walked away while the dwarf chuckled underneath his breath. Over the next few weeks, I watched the dwarf work his skill with metal from afar, never getting close enough for him to notice me. His skill amazed me. To be able to devote that much of oneself into anything escaped my understanding. After all, I had never tried that hard at anything. But one day, I arrived at my usual hiding spot, and he was not bent over his work. I crouched down and waited, trying to determine where he was. After only a short time, I got my answer. You could learn a lot by standing closer, and even more by talking to me, lad. I turned and came face to face with the dwarf. I did not mean to steal anything, sir. Of them, sure, lad, especially since you've been camped here every day for almost a month. Now why don't you come back to my shop and we'll see what we can make of you. I didn't know what else to do, so I followed him. We talked the day away, the dwarf banging away at his metal and me simply content to listen and ask a few questions. I learned that blacksmithing may be his livelihood, but his true calling was being a paladin of Morden. He told me that fighting and killing was not his styles, so he made weapons and armor for those who it was. Not that he couldn't fight, of that I was certain. When it got close to sunset, we said our goodbyes and I made my way back home, after promising to return tomorrow. It went this way for five or so more days, until suddenly Dugan asked me what I wanted from life. After all, lad, stealing from good, hard-working folk ain't watching me work. Well, can't be all what you want. I had never really thought of it, and after all, I was only twelve. There's no reason to not know where you're going. Hell, when I was your age, I had already started swinging a hammer. How about you go home and think about that and we'll talk tomorrow? It was only midday and quite hot, being the middle of the summer, so instead of going home, I turned towards the river and ran outside of town for a quick swim. I swam for hours and thought about what Dugan had said. What did I want from life? Being the son of a king, I suppose one day I would take over for my father. Is that what I wanted? To sit on a throne and tell other people what to do, never seeing anything but this one city? Close to sunset, I finally had enough of swimming and headed for my clothes that I had stripped off and hung from a low-hanging branch. 
only to discover that they were gone. It's not safe for a young pup to be out all alone, especially with such rich clothes. The voice was hard, like Dugan's, but with none of its warmth behind it. Instead, it was cold and unforgiving, with four more voices behind it. Robbers, five total, and me naked and unarmed. Of course, being armed would probably not have helped me much, but still, the optics of it. By the time they were done with me, I was still naked, but now also bloody and bruised. They took everything I had and had fun using me as a punching bag. I stumbled back to the only place I felt safe. Not home, but Dugan's. I barely had enough strength left to knock on the door before I passed out in his doorway. Dugan wasn't home, he had went to the tavern, but luckily he arrived home shortly after to find my unconscious body stretched out blocking his entrance. Well now, looks like you had a fun day, lad, he muttered into his beard. He picked me up, carried me into his house, and laid me on his bed and spent the night. I slept until the next evening, when I woke and found almost every inch of my body in pain. I wanted to die. Dugan heard my groans and came in to check on me. So care to tell me what happened, lad? Straight to the point, as always. Five robbers beat me and stole everything I have. Well, I can see that. An awakening, was it? What do you mean, an awakening? I was beaten close to death and robbed! Aye, lad, that you were. Did it ever occur to you that not everyone cares that your father is the king? Or worse, they only care because it means you have a fat purse. I groaned aloud from the pain and because of the realization that Dugan was saying was right. Remember when I said that I was a paladin of Morden? Ever wonder what that means? I was told that paladins are holy warriors that fight for the good of the people. Aye, that they are. But we can also heal. Heal? How? Watch and learn, lad. And with that, he came to kneel down next to the bed and speak softly. I could barely hear him, but one of the words I could hear was Morden and Destiny. When he finished talking to himself, he nodded as if to give a positive answer to a question that only he could hear. Agreed. Are you agreeing with something I said, Dugan? Because if you are, I'm confused. I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Not you, lad. Not you. He paused for a minute, deep in thought. Stunned. Dugan, I can barely sit up. Try anyhow, and don't argue. Dugan, I... Stunned! I stood, and there was no pain. How? I have a better question. Do you know the difference between right and wrong? I... I do. So Stalin is wrong. Even if it's from people who work for you, da? I bowed my head. Yes. I felt foolish and know that I deserved everything that had happened to me by the river. Do you feel that, lad? That's called shame. But as bad as it hurts, this is a good feeling. It proves that you finally understand the life that you have led so far. I, and Morden, see something in you that may be great. I don't understand, Dugan. You've watched me work on weapons from afar for a while now. Allow me to explain it the only way that I know how, and in a way that you might understand. To make a well-crafted weapon, you need to start with a lump of iron. I know it might not look much at first, but once you heat it up and start hitting it with the hammer, it can turn into a fine piece of work. This process is dangerous, though sometimes it destroys the iron in the process, 
so you have to go slowly or lose everything. This is like you. Right now, you are a lump of iron. But if you want, we can work together and turn you into a powerful weapon of good. I know you haven't been honest or decent in the past, but think of your trial at the river as a new beginning. Now, are you willing to do this? Maybe. There is no maybe. It's either yes or no. I'm gonna go to sleep now, and you should too. I healed your body, but your mind and spirit are what really need mending. So sleep now, and we'll continue this discussion tomorrow. The next morning, I felt more awake than I had ever before. I had the most vivid dream of a powerful dwarf with a beard and hair made of fire wielding a giant hammer. Under his hammer strokes, a lump of metal slowly took shape until finally it bore two arms, two legs, a torso, and a head. When he was finished, a man jumped down from the anvil and slowly began to walk towards me. When he got within ten feet, I realized that I recognized the face. It was me. When he got five feet away from me, he stumbled and fell. I longed to run to him and help him, but I found that my legs were stuck in place. I called out for him to get up, but he wouldn't. I then turned to the giant dwarf and begged him to help, calling him by name although I had never met nor seen him before. Morden, please, I beg of you, help this man who stumbles and falls. With a booming voice like a thunderclap, he answered me. Why should I? If you are too weak to help yourself, then why should I help you? I looked again at my feet, still stuck fast, and suddenly looked through the ground. It was an illusion thought up by my mind to keep me from helping myself. I had always had people waiting on me, giving me what I wanted, and I had forgotten what it was like to do things myself. I began to dig, and threw large piles of dirt aside until suddenly I was free. I ran over to the fallen man and helped him up. Once I got him to his feet, I looked down at my hands and saw that there was no more dirt on them. The dirt had never truly existed. Morden had walked to me and proclaimed, Now you finally understand what it means to help yourself. Dugan Hammerfoot had vouched for you, and for that I will give you a chance. But remember this. If you turn away from your training, if you turn away from an innocent in need, so I will turn away from you. Be strong, and from now on, live your life the way you've been taught. Listen to Dugan's teachings, for they are my teachings. And you will begin to see the world not only for how it is, but how it could be. In that instance, I awoke, refreshed and ready to begin my new life as a paladin in training for the god Morden. But first I had to explain this to my father. I thanked Dugan for his aid and promised to return tomorrow once I had talked to my father. He said that he understood and made a promise also that I would tell no one of my dream. Upon asking him how he knew about my dream, he simply gave me a knowing smile and made me promise. I did and then headed to my father's castle. When I arrived at the castle, I was still wearing the shirt and pants I borrowed from Dugan. After being questioned by my father's steward about why I was dressed in such a manner, I immediately began to speak against him and tell him that it was none of his business. Then I remembered my promise. 
I answered his question politely and received a very confused look in return and was told that my father was in his study, as always. After stopping to change into something more presentable, as was suggested by the steward, I made my way up to my father's study where I found him patiently waiting for me, his steward by his side. The steward had already filled my father in on why I had been out all night and my appearance when I finally did arrive home. Instead of being upset about me being away so long, he was grateful that I was home safe, and also to Dugan for taking care of me. This made my next question easier. He already liked Dugan. Father, forgive the intrusion, but I wish to speak to you about my future. Apparently this Dugan Hammerfoot has had a positive influence on you. That is the most polite I have ever heard you talk. And I hear that you were even polite to my steward, a feat that has never occurred. So, yes, you may speak to me about your future. I have made a promise that I do not wish to break. And what is this promise? I wish to train in the ways of the paladin for the god Moradin. Moradin? But isn't that a dwarven god, Skaz? How is it that you even know his name? Through Dugan, sir. Both Dugan and Moradin have helped to show me the errors of my life, and I wish to continue this education and training. I believe it can only help. The way of the paladin is a very difficult one, fraught with danger. It will take years of training, not just of the body, but of the mind and spirit as well. Are you truly willing to devote your entire being to this calling? Father, I am. And I have come to understand all of the dangers associated with this path. Over this last month, I have seen the change that has been occurring in you, and I must say I am pleased. So, while I had hoped that your training would take you in a different direction, yes, I give you my blessing and Dugan's as well. I look forward to seeing where this goes, and I eagerly await the day you may call yourself a paladin. <sighs> Thank you, Father. I will not fail you. And with that, I left my father's house. I would only return a handful of times over the next six and a half years, but my father understood and was proud to see the man his son was becoming. My 19th birthday was only a few weeks away now, and under Dugan's constant training, I had grown into a strong and just young man. Working as his apprentice blacksmith when I wasn't training in the ways of Morden had given me a basic knowledge of the art and increased my strength. I was not the skinny 12-year-old boy anymore. I was proficient in the use of a warhammer, this being the preferred weapon of Morden, and also in the use of a shield. Ironically, I also picked up a fascination with the trident, the focus of my family's coat of arms. Dugan did say it was an unusual choice for a paladin, especially one that was trained by a dwarf, but the weapon had just always felt right in my hands, and Dugan recognized this from early on. I was also well-versed in Moradin's teachings and felt at ease speaking to my god about any number of matters. Dugan said that this was a good sign and that it meant that my training was nearing its completion. I felt both overjoyed at this and extremely nervous. It meant that soon I would adventure into the world without Dugan to keep me on the right path. When I spoke to him about this, he told me not to worry. Since that day over six years ago, I have yet to see you perform a dishonest act or to waver in your calling. Just because I am not there does not mean that that will change. Morden goes with you always. And so I kept at my training right up until the day of my 19th birthday. The time has come, lad. 
The time, sir? The time for you to become a full paladin of Moradin. I know you are ready, and so does Moradin himself. What must I do? There is a temple to Moradin, only three days' journey from here. You must ride there and spend an entire day and night praying. Moradin will let you know when you are ready to exit the temple and re-enter the world with Moradin always at your side. When should I go, sir? First go to your father and make him aware that you will be gone for a week. When that is done, come back here. Everything will be ready for you to head out. Yes, sir. And with that, I headed to my father's castle for the first time in over a year. I explained everything to him, and he understood what I had to do. He wished me luck on my journey and said that he would be eagerly awaiting my return. I returned to Dugan and informed him that I was ready. He handed me a map and showed me a horse he had rented for my journey. He had already packed the saddlebags with enough provisions to get me there and told me I would be able to restock when I left the temple. At this, he said he would see me soon and went back to his house. With nothing left to do, I saddled the horse and rode for the temple. The journey north was uneventful. Highwaymen look for easy victims, and I was by no means one of those. It took me a little less than three days to reach the temple due to good weather, and after a few polite questions, I was welcomed with open arms into the Temple of Morden. I was not there for simply a day and night, however, but slightly longer. Morden and I spoke for a long time about my life up until this point and what my life would be once I left the temple. I didn't know how long I spent speaking to my god, but was not surprised to find that I had been there for almost three days when I finally emerged. The dwarves of the temple were not surprised, however. They had been informed by Morden that I was safe and well. Upon exiting, I was given a hearty dinner and told to rest that night and leave in the morning. I was grateful for the hospitality of the clerics, and thanked them for the meal and the rest. In the morning, I awoke to find my horse awaiting for me once again fully saddled and stocked. I thanked my new brothers again and proceeded on my way back to the city. The return trip took slightly longer, but this had nothing to do with the weather or bandits. It was simply because Morden had given me a lot to think about, and the open road is a great place to think. I arrived back home after a four-day return journey to find Dugan not at his house. I asked the nearest merchant if he had seen Dugan and was informed that he had been headed up to the castle that morning. I was perplexed by this, but decided to head to my father's castle. I was met with fanfare. Apparently, Morden had informed Dugan that I would be arriving that afternoon, and he rushed to tell my father. The whole castle was there to congratulate me, even those I had wronged in my youth. Every time I started to apologize to one of them, I was told not to worry about it. That it was water under the bridge and that I was a very different person now. It was also to be the birthday celebration since I had headed out of the temple the day of mine. I politely declined all of the presents from the different merchants, stating that I had taken from them over the years, but thanking them for the offer. From my father, however, I was told to follow him to his study. Once we were there and alone, he hugged me. Something he had never done before. He told me that he was proud of me and that he had a gift for me. He pulled a sheet off of a large pile to uncover a beautiful suit of full plate armor, complete with a shield and helmet. I was awestruck, but shook my head. My father didn't understand why I could not accept his gift. I tried to explain. Father, I thank you for the gifts, but I cannot accept them. I have come to understand the value of life as well as objects. 
I know that a person must earn the things given to them, and I have not yet earned a suit of armor of this quality. With your permission, I wish to go to the armory and choose a suit fitting my low rank and experience. He said he understood, and that was fine. After returning from the armory, I now wore a well-worn breastplate with matching greaves and helmet. They were worn, but still in good shape, and would protect me well until I earned a better armor. I also carried a slightly chipped wooden shield. With these pieces of armor, I headed back up to my father's study. He approved of my choices and told me that I had grown much in the last six years. I thanked him for his praise and for his gifts, but he informed me that he had one more. I had hoped that you would make the decision you did and so kept one gift hidden from you. I have been told that you favor the trident, so I had this brought up out of the armory and cleaned and polished for you. It has seen many battles, and although it's not magical or special in any way, it will serve you well. This is my last gift to you, and I hope that you do use it lightly. I accepted the trident and thanked him for all his gifts. Nonsense. You are my son. I am allowed to give you some things. Now let us get back to your party and celebrate you for one last night together, for I see in your eyes that you will not be staying here long. I chose to not answer, but follow him back to our guests. By the time the last guest had left, it was well past sunset. Now all who remained were my father, Dugan, and myself. I said farewell to my father, for he was correct that I would be leaving in the morning. He embraced me again and told me to return whenever I had the chance. I would always have a bed waiting for me and a good meal. I, after a long road, you cannot ask for anything sweeter, lad, was Dugan's only farewell to my father. I stayed at Dugan's side that night, and after being on the road so long, slept soundly in the cot that had been mine for the past six years. In the morning, I was busy packing when Dugan came to talk. I assumed it was to give me a few more tips on how to keep my hide in one piece. But I was wrong. It appeared that even Dugan had a gift for me. The warhammer that had brought us together all those years ago. You tried to take this when it wasn't yours to take. Now you've earned it, and I give it to you gladly. It's well made and will serve you of that, I'm sure. I thanked him for both the hammer and for everything he had already given me, the least not being a purpose. He told me that if I walked Moradin's path without wavering, then that was payment enough. He embraced my arm in friendship, said, May Moradin watch over you and keep you safe, and may the roads you walk eventually lead back home. And with that, he turned and walked into his house, and I was on my own. That was four years ago. I've grown in both my understanding of Moradin's teachings and, and the way to best express them. I travel now with a group of adventurers and seek to spread the word of my god. Some of my companions do not share my beliefs, but someday that may change. 